Welcome to episode two. The topic is the knee. How are people like me going from thinking we are doomed to fragile knee surgeries, painkillers, and then turning it around? Keegan, my mentor over the past four years, can break this down better than just about anyone on the planet. How does this how does this happen? How does this work? You know, this this is why this is what brings us all together. I think this is the common bond. I had knee tendonitis for a long time. I didn't have the horrific surgeries and challenges that some of you guys have had, but uh, just tendonitis is pretty annoying. You don't feel like you can really push into the ground fully. You don't want to jump. You don't want to run upstairs. So even though you train a lot, you feel like an old man and you know, getting up out of, out of chairs and such. The knee, I think, is very different. I think we need to consider it differently to the other joints. The biggest thing that I consider to be really different is that there's so much... Uh, other connective tissue in there when we're looking at the meniscus um, and the two ligaments like it's a very different joint to the other joints of the body and therefore we are doing something different and i think it's important to consider okay what's the impact here on the tendons what's the impact on the cartilage but what's also the impact on the meniscus and the ligaments if all of these things are active biological materials then they're all getting a training stimulus and my understanding my guess my theory with this uh, is that we're doing stuff to those structures that have generally been disregarded or not considered to be part of the strength training world we're working on those structures and those structures are getting better and therefore we're getting results that seem kind of mystical and seem like well we're evangelizing for something that you know how is this any different to what everyone else is doing if you look at it from the joint perspective and you think of the joint uh, forces that are involved in the exercises that we use in, in ATG, then it's easy to see that this is going to do something very different to just squatting to 90 degrees or using a leg curl machine or using a knee extension machine. The forces on the meniscus and the ligaments are going to be very different when you're doing step-ups and when you're doing full depth squats and when you're doing split squats. So I think we're getting structural adaptations here. Uh, I'm very, very confident. I'm not the one who's going to do the research and have the MRIs and, and all those things. But it, I, I look at you know logic of, of what's going on here. And for that reason, I think we have really heavy artillery. And it's important to respect these exercises and not just treat them like knee extensions. We can go out and max out a knee extension and expect it fine because you're primarily working the muscle versus if you're going to go and max out on these other exercises when you're not prepared for them, then you, know, you need to be prepared for the consequences because we're working the joint. Um, so that I think is the primary difference. I think we can talk about knee performance. We can talk about the tendon, but for me, that structural piece is is probably like this is this is something that's um, above and beyond and different. The tendon, the way we work in the tendon, is what I've loved the most. But I think what's most revolutionary is probably the structural changes, which I wasn't even thinking about, and we probably haven't even discussed that much, Ben. Like we haven't really had this on the radar that much uh, since, you know, the early days. It was all about the tendon. It was all about the muscle. But yeah, I'm looking forward to this discussion. Yeah. Great intro. Marcel? So as um, Keegan was mentioning, and there's actually been studies done. I forget which was the university because, Ben, you mentioned this on one of your videos way back in the day. I think it was the University of New Hampshire, but I'll have to double check on that. But they did see that... Um, Olympic weightlifters, Chinese Olympic weightlifting team, their knees were actually a lot more um, like the, the tendons and the ligaments and the connective tissues were a lot more uh, thicker or they were built more 
uh, more so than athletes that played basketball or that played soccer or that were in dance, which was very interesting because it's it is a sport which does subject itself quite often to full knee bend. And now we're seeing that, you know, people are going out and observing these structures under different stimuli and seeing that there is anabolic effects at these uh, smaller tissues that people don't really think of when they're thinking about exercise. They usually think about, you know, how do I get my legs bigger? How do I get my quads bigger, my hamstrings? How do I generate more power? And they make these muscular structures strong to the point where they can exert a lot of force, but the inner uh, tissues aren't really designed well or they weren't stimulated the same way the muscle was to be able to take those forces. And I think now, as we start seeing more and more, uh, you know, scientific reviews and studies on these different stimuli and seeing how these connective tissues do actually adapt as they have blood flow, they have a way of being able to grow and change their characteristics, then we can see how sports performance is going to change in the future by using these exercises like full range of motion that does stretch out the joint. You know, I think uh, ATG Physio talks about this a lot on his Instagram, how all the, the connective tissues fully stretch out a full knee bend. And there is this stimulus that then causes adaptation within the joint. So I'm sure that as we continue to push forward the message of these different exercises and how the smaller structures get stimulated, not just the musculature, then we'll see uh, exercise science move further forward and our athletes will be able to further benefit and express even more athleticism, whether it's on the field or on the court, whatever it may be. I love it. Ben, ben Clairfield also had knee surgery. And so what, what's your background on, on the knee? And like me, you found Charles Poliquin and, and prior and in the, in the, like the masses, it's no knees over toes and, and let's break down the knee. I think never, it was an interesting thing. A knee should sort of squall. And I was like, I don't really care as long as I can. I'm just an, my joke is like, I'm just an older, balder, shorter, not as good at basketball, Ben. Uh, and I had the knee surgery. I planted uh, while I was playing basketball and I tore my meniscus. It was a bucket handle tear. Had the surgery. How old were you? I was 25. 25. So it's been a while. So, um, and I thought I was invincible to then. I could dunk at 5'11". It was not terrible. Um, could get up there. But I mean, so I thought it was good from an athletic point of view. But then when I got hurt, it was, but I'm not invincible. This is crazy. So... My research brain, I was going to be a professor in something totally different in philosophy, and my research brain kicked into high gear on that end, and I started going down the path, and I found Charles Poliquin for his recipes for the knee, and it just pursued it, and it worked. And then I had the opportunity to continue and help other people, and the recipe just worked. So I think what's interesting, the more I think about it, you know, and I like the, the, the play of our name, you know, ATG is, you know, athletic truth group. So but it, you know, the, the play is also ass to grass in a squad. So really about, and you know, but I think what's interesting about the truth part is that we're, we're making a truth claim. We're not trying to be mean or arrogant about it, but we're making a truth claim. And when I start thinking about the knee, there's two paradigms and we fall into one camp. And I like thinking about this from a, you know, ideational point of view for all of us, because we're making a truth claim that 
if you don't use it, you lose it. And that gets to range and that gets to every muscle and that gets to the ligaments, tendons, and the structure that Keegan's talking about. And the opposite paradigm that we, you know, we don't have to be mean, and mean about it, but we can simply say, we don't think that truth claim, which is the opposite, which is you only have so many uses of the knee until it breaks. It's like a car. It only goes to 10,000 knee bends and then it's done. And, and we're saying that that truth claim, we think it's, it's incorrect. We don't think the people that are saying that are bad people. We just think that our truth claim, which is actually the more you use it in a correct recipe of a regression and progression as, I mean, we're all masters of that. That's what we do. Marcel with thousands of people, Ben's done it himself with thousands, you know, Keegan's done it. His movement's phenomenal. We, I do that in person, athletes and gen pop and all that kind of stuff. But the, 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 the paradigmatic conception that we have is that if you don't use it, you lose it. And we're going to get to the use of it with regressions or progressions, depending on where the exact person is, whether it's ourselves or our athletes or whoever. And, but at the end of the day, we're making a truth claim about the knee. That is, if you don't use it, you lose it. And if you use it more with the correct progressions, it's going to get even better. And you're going to be able to use it even more and do more magical things versus you only have so many knee bends in you. And I think that's the thing. It's okay for us to juxtapose those two ideas and say, listen, our recipe is on this paradigmatic claim. That is, if you don't use it, you lose it. Now the critique is, ah, oh, but I've done this now. It's like, but if we were coaches and we'd see the, and I got hurt, the answer is like, yeah, but you were at the wrong progression. You were trying split squats with double body weight. And really you should be doing like one quarter body weight. Cause you're not there yet. But people was like, ah, oh, it can be risky. Of course it can be risky if you're not at the right, you know, spectrum of movement, the right time. But, but fundamentally we're saying with the correct coaching, with the correct eyes on you, with the recipe that we do, which is if you don't use it, you lose it, you will get magical results with the knee. I mean, also other parts of the body, but I think that's the fascinating thing. And I think Keegan's right. The structural stuff is the real magic behind it that is hard to make a truth claim on say we will change the structure of your knee and that sounds extremely arrogant but we've all seen it whether there's mri results or not we've all seen it and we've done it and i think that's something that we i think the way keegan's saying it is humbly claiming something that we don't want to sound arrogant about but we've all seen it and done it so i think i think that needs to be juxtaposed that our truth claim is that this recipe with this paradigm of if you don't use it you lose it is what we think is what gets magical results with the knee now you you guys have taught me well because my point I wanted to come in with is just if we don't think about exercise and we just think about how the body works, when it comes to the knee, how does adaptation occur? So something like knee over toes, that myth of no knees over toes, it didn't come from science showing that it was bad. It came from science showing that the knee over the toe puts more pressure on the knee, but how does adaptation occur? And I would say that if you just look at a human body or just anything out in nature, how does adaptation occur? It's gonna incur, it's gonna occur through demands on it that aren't so great that they kill it off. If the demand is so great, you go extinct. It, the demand has to be enough that it causes change, but not so much that it kills you off. So this is what I do for a living. What I do for a living is try to help people put demand. And uh, if you look into what I could find that had the most scientific literature behind it, 
So we're talking over 164 articles included in a review of the knee. Uh, it showed that the meniscus, as Keegan was suggesting, meniscus cartilage ligaments are susceptible to anabolic growth processes and functional structural adaptations in response to increased activity and mechanical influences. So concerns about degenerative changes, blah, 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 with deep squats are unfounded. This is not ATG. This is a 2013. Uh, this is on PubMed from 2013. So the reason for ATG is, so after this was done, finding all these myths about knees over toes and full knee bend, what occurred in the last nine years? Absolutely zero. Zilch. Nada. So my thing is, there has to be people on the fringe doing their own study and their own work because the, the this provided the clues, but no one followed them. And usually if there's not money to be made in following the clues, they're not going to be followed. So we're trainers. So for us, we our money is not is not made by things not working. Our money is made by knees working. We we don't get paid if the knee doesn't work. We don't get paid. That's how we we literally don't get paid if we don't get results on the knee. So when you now have a gun to your head to get results on something, so this was kind of my my little thing was number one, how does adaptation occur? Number two, how is progress made? And, and, and progress is made with necessity level and having that gun to your head for results. So for me, that's I, I have to go dunk this year and next year and the year after. And if I can't dunk when I'm 40, I'm going to lose thousands of clients. My 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 program is not going to look good if it doesn't get results. There's no way around it. It has to produce results. But the current education system, when it comes to the knee, absolutely does not, There's no. it does not have to produce any results. Zero results are needed. So should they carry forward? They absolutely can if they want to. But ATG is going to be on the side of results. And with our app now tracking where we have measurable form, because if we just said, okay, squat deep, but what's the form like? What's the load like? What What's their ATG split squat in relation to their squat? What's their step up in relation to split squat? What's their knee flexion strength on the other side? Are they? What about the tibialis and calf strength below that? How does all this stuff relate? That is not going to happen with the current system. Nothing's happened in nine years. That'll take 9,000 years. Okay, that was the first exaggeration I said. No, 9,000 years. Maybe that would happen in the next 90 years. I don't have 90 years to wait. I need results now. So I believe that Charles Poliquin laid all the clues necessary. Everything I've studied in actual scientific literature only backs up those clues and then now it's up to us to use modern technology and to use this ability to get lots of data well what if we can be having thousands of gathering data points so that's that's where i see the future of knees is understanding how adaptation occurs and then gathering data points on what we, what can we do to improve things and to conclude what ben clarefield said which is that we aren't chasing like a mythical perfection where you don't feel life anymore and you just float in the clouds. Like we're we're just chasing being able to better handle real life in the real world. And everything I've been through, I've watched two births now. Like this shit ain't perfect. Like it's 
life life has some really brutal aspects to it, but it's beautiful, and it's a lot more beautiful if you can go hike that mountain with with your knee not hurting, and it just so happens that thousands of people are now hiking their mountains in life without their knee hurting because of what the science indicated, which is that you actually can develop the things inside your knee by increasing the demand on it. But that's the art. That's the art of ATG is, is what level we apply that at. It's an interesting thing. And I think Ben went through, anyone that had bad knees went through this. And I think we see this with other people. But I think part of our mission is also to, to change this aspect, which is people have self-definition about what injuries they have. So Ben, for sure, was a, I'm a bad knees guy. Like, I have bad knees. That's part of my definition as both Ben's. I'm a bad knees guy. I'm like, I play basketball, but like my knees are bad. And to have people have a change where they are not definitional about that issue or injury is, I think, a really important shift. But to show them that it's actually, that's not, they're not bad knees people. They're actually <laughs> just human that with the math of what our our recipe is, we can make them people that are not bad knees people. They're just like, oh, they had an issue. And on the spectrum, we just progress with these exercises and these movements. They will then be not bad knees people. They have to self-define as something else. So I think that's the thing on that end. That was something I wanted to sort of say, and it's hard to do that because people's self-definition and then fear that they can actually not be what that self-definition is. And they're going to have to figure out a self-definition that's different. Yeah. And that's, that's priceless to like, to not have some part of your body that's just completely holding you back from, from what you want to do and thinking, thinking that you're just limited by that. So I would say like, overall, that's, that's our job is to help people realize that they're they're somewhere on a scale of ability. And by, by chasing ability, you can actually go up that scale. And if you try to avoid ability, well, according to science, that's not how the knee is actually going to adapt and get you more ability. You're going to get more ability by, by pursuing ability. But if you're working through pain, is that really ability? Is that going to get you more ability? It might actually work to some degree, but you might still keep some pretty nagging pains. So it's you, you almost just kind of get literally what you asked for. So if you, if you work through pain, a lot of people, it has kind of worked, but they kind of keep having problems, but they do kind of get stronger. But if you find that level that you're not in pain and then you drastically over time improve that, well, like you get more pain-free ability. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting, but it's, it's an interesting job to try to define what do we do? We, we help people like identify and then actually increase their pain-free ability. Well, I mean, you got to also look at, you know, when it comes to muscle building itself, if we were to just look at that, how does that occur? You cause micro tears within the muscle, it breaks down, and then the body follows this cascade of rebuilding and getting stronger. If we just pinpoint and just focus on the breakdown, you would then make the argument that, Exercise is bad. It breaks your muscle fibers and it'll break down the body. But it's a necessary step in being able to grow muscle stronger. So like you were mentioning, Ben, you could probably get stronger and a little bit more ability by subjecting yourself to a stimulus that maybe causes pain. 
it's it's possible but what is pain it's not a signal to the body that something is damaged something is not exactly correct and when you subject that area to further stress it could have a reparative effect but it could also just damage it further so me being the person that's kind of helped you a lot with handling problem cases I make the argument that you just stated, which is if we can minimize the pain as much as possible, just as much as possible, sometimes it's not possible. I, I know you and I have had people that just walking, they have pain, which is very common. But if you can minimize it and supply a stimulus to the area, which will be constructive more so than it would be breakdown, then that's where we start getting a lot of success stories that do get turned in by us. We don't even ask for them. We don't ask people to turn in success stories. They just send them. Uh, who was it? Ben Clairfield, you just mentioned like MRI exams, whether we get them or not. We get them. People send them to us. People get cartilage where before they didn't have cartilage, you know, osteoarthritis. Yeah, they're told you don't need replacement anymore. Like, see this stuff sent. But we're also trained. Not, it's not our job to say, Here's exactly where you're going to get for this much money. You're no longer going to have an ear plate. I mean, that we can't make those claims. We can't make those kinds of claims. No. And, and we're not chasing perfection. Just some good, some good quality workability on the subject. I, I feel bad that we didn't break into like a lot more detail on the exercises, but I also think we do that like in so many videos that show the exercises. And in those videos, we don't get to do this part of it. So like this is what the, the podcast is for the theory behind it. And and I think we did a pretty good job of just explaining like how does it work? Like it's not by some mythical process. It's, this is just very real shit of how the body maps. So my, I mean, my conclusion, that way you guys can kind of close out. My conclusion is just that anyone could look and, and study how does a body adapt. And I feel like if they had enough time with pressure to create results, to me, those are the big two is to, is to be studying, but also have that pressure on your neck for your clients and your own body. So if you had if you had bad knees and you couldn't jump, and you had clients coming to you demanding results for their knees, I personally believe you would come to the same conclusions that I have come to. It just might take a very long time. And if it weren't for Charles Poliquin, I would be 70, you know, 50, 40 years from now, I'd be like, Guys, we figured out the answer. Watch me jump over this fucking chair, you pansy. What foot like? Um, it would have been the same thing, just just like forty years too late, or fifty. So, so Paul Quinn laid that foundation that shocked me. Of like, whoa, we're actually gonna face the area here. But now, the more I've studied, it, it makes sense according to the science of how you adapt is through stimulus. But it just can't be so much that it kills you off so that's where atg comes in of, of codifying this into a into a route i think it's worth saying like a generalized overview of the way i, I learned from charles and what we do with the knee if we're going to really break it down i just feel like it's worthwhile to just lay it down quickly which is really we do it twofold if we're just hitting the knee we're going to go gastroc vmo hamstring and if you do a good job with those, with the recipe that we have for those exercises from a range of motion, which we talked about last time, and a, and a strength into it, you're going to get good adaptation from a stabilizing and strengthening of the knee. 
The genius that we have is we go a step further, which is we're going to go up the chain and deal with the back and the mobility at the hip. And then we're going to go down the chain and deal with the foot, which really means that anytime you strike the ground, tibialis, soleus, scotch drop two into the knee and all the different stuff with the mobility issues, because a lot of times it's range of motion. We talked about that before, but if, and you're going to go up the hip, some people's knees suck because their hips are so tight and their low back is weak and their piriformis is tight and all kinds of stuff. Like that. As far as I'm concerned with the knee, whenever it comes to like movement and training, you have to look at like how the body was designed. And if you look at a baby, if you look at nature, that's always like what I try to look at is what does it look like in real life? You look at a young kid, they squat all the way down. You know, there are situations that life presents us that we have to do a full knee bend. And so to say in exercise, to make a claim that such a thing is not a safe thing to do, you're basically invalidating a fact of life in which we are found in positions where we need to do those things. So, and whenever it comes to exercise, you need to figure out like, how is the body designed to move? If it is designed to move that way, then that is what you should try to figure out how, what stimulus you can provide within those ranges of motion that aren't going to kill you off or in this sense, cause an injury, just break down more tissue than what you can recover from. And then over time, continuously subjected to it so that you can build it up, which is what I've seen from the clients in ATG that tends to happen with a controlled stimulus. That's a good point. Yeah. Basically modern life, modern exercise leaves certain gaps in how we move and how our body adapts. So if you go decade or more with certain adaptations going in, but not other ones. So it's, it's not just knees over toes. It's also knees behind toes. It's not just the quad, but the hamstring or just the calf, but the tibialis. So it's, that's really what the, what like the standards program is, is 10 full range of motion chin-ups is on the standards program. Most people could do that. And that's actually a relative example of the baseline abilities we're looking at. But it just so happens that most people can't do at least half of the, of the standards because not because it's such a high goal, but because it's an area that they haven't been adapting and training. And so that's really where we're at in the, in the journey of ATG is actually like the, the point we're at in the journey really is just trying to establish and put in the basics and make it a smooth route for people to travel on the basics. And that's, that's really where we are. And that's why I'm doing that program now and the entire next year of just really just mastering focusing on the basic Keegan, finish us out yeah so the the joint dominant idea is something that people aren't thinking about so with if we're thinking just about strength training then atg is baffling like why would this be any different you can get strong with lots of things anything can make your muscles strong but clearly from this episode we're not thinking about things from that paradigm and we kind of forget how far we've shifted from it versus just training knee extensions, just training the calves, training the hamstrings. There's something different going on here with step-ups, with full deep knee bounds, with and that that runs through the whole ATG system for tendon development, for the joint uh, action that comes with it, but it's clearest at the knee because there's the most stuff going on structurally. So this concept of are we upgrading the structures or are we becoming stronger and upgrading the nervous system 
they, they're both happening together, but we're doing a lot of this as well as this, where other people are only thinking about this. So that's, that's where it gets confusing. And I think that, you know, we're doing our best to share the way that we understand this and we'll continue to learn and evolve and understand this more deeply. But, um, yeah, I think this is a really valuable way for, for people, you know, to, it's important to share this message and put this idea out there and, and, you know, get feedback on it. And, and obviously we're, we're, we know what we're seeing. We, we don't know exactly why we're seeing it. We're explaining what makes sense. Um, and we need to continue to explore this. Yep. And as you've pointed out, it's going to come down to the actual results. The, the, you know, truth is such a, a, a word that gets probably thrown around and, and maybe that was too bold of a name for athletic truth group, but the, the truth will present itself to some degree as we continue to have more users and now are able to gather the feedback. Like like the data points will present more and more truth. Not We're not even aiming for absolute truth, just really like stable, workable goals, stable, workable progressions. So that's, that's always been something that Keegan has inspired is realizing the value of athletic truth group, like of the group, simply providing the feedback of what's occurring and getting more and more measurement on what's occurring. So that's that's probably the the next decade of what progress could be made on these would just be a really, as we're getting this now, like really objective measures on like what is giving people results. So if you want to ask us more questions in the description of the podcast, you can see exactly how to reach out to us. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right, Ben. Good to see you guys.